0: Board. Welcome to Bush Boy Calls His Mother. I'm your host, Sadia, and this is my mother, Ema.
1: Hello, my little sweetness. Hello, Ema. How are you doing today? Hi. I was thinking about something funny. What was you it? Know, of course. But Friday nights, uh, this Friday night, God willing, is on New Year's, right? Yes. Yes. The, that's the Gaisha Go- the New Year's, the Christian yeah. New Year's.
0: It's the Gaisha New Year's.
1: Yeah. Well, my mother used to call it Geshki's Briss.
0: Oh, yeah. But that's not really because it uh, wasn't he born. In April or something?
1: Resurrected.
0: <laughs> I don't know. It's there's there's some theologians that were saying that like Xmas Day really isn't the day he was born, it just has to do with the pagan holiday at the time.
1: Actually, it was um not even there was um oh gosh, they there've been some sci- there've been a lot of archaeologists and historians that have said that. Interesting, yeah.
0: So I think I've asked you this question before, but so just stop me if I did. What did you think was funny as a teenager, but now you realize was horrible?
1: <laughs> oh, my gosh. Have I got on this?
0: Okay, let me hear it.
1: Um, um, I thought that there were times that I was rude. That I shouldn't have been. How so? Uh, okay. Um. There was one time. Um. Uh, my then boyfriend. Well, usually in high, in high school you have. Um. Yeah. You you, uh, you have boy you have like you know boyfriends uh, one, one a year, once a year or something once every six months. Usually. Oh wow. <laughs> and um, my then boyfriend um we were going out on a date She to go out and came to pick me up and told me that there were these um. There were these couple of girls that asked him for a ride. And he, you know, to the, I think to the dance or something. And he said, okay, that he didn't mind that we would pick them up on the way. And I had a fit. Oh, because you know, wow. I wanted him, you know, because I um I didn't want to, I guess I like, kind of like share my evening with somebody else. I was looking forward to just driving with him. And um, you know, looking back now, I was really na- that was nasty of me. I should have said, sure, no problem. Um there was one time when um, he had to cancel his date at the last minute, because there was one of his neighbors had a heart attack. Oh, wow. And he, um, the family asked if he could stay with the kids. And I wasn't too happy about that. And that was really mean of me. I, you know, I should have been more sympathetic and understanding and, uh, and there was yeah. um, nothing just, just in general. Um, now, there was a couple of times when um, uh, there was this girl, I was, I was one of these teenagers in school that was, um, especially in middle school, that got teased a lot. And there was this girl who, looking back now, I, I think she had learning problems, plus she was not very attractive, and she had a very sad like, family life. Mm-hmm. And these girls in the bathroom were teasing her and uh, instead of speaking up for her and uh, kind of putting these girls in their pies, something that cut it out, I just thought to myself, it was nice to see somebody else get teased for a change.
0: Oh, wow. you were just you were basically just lucky enough to go ahead and have someone else not on your case.
1: Yeah. And that was wrong. I'm trying to think what yeah, else. But You were a kid. A... You were a kid. I know.
0: I'm really, I'm really trying a... to. F- you're just saying,
1: in general, there were um, trying to think what else. Um, there were times when I joked around that I sh- should have been more serious and I shouldn't have been joking around. Like what? Um, okay, I was at Peabody when I was taking voice lessons at Peabody. Every few months we had to sing for basically to be evaluated by this lady. She had been an opera singer. I guess she was a retired opera singer. Her name was Madame Mm Duchac, And oh boy, when it came time to being adjudicated by Madame Duchac, that was worse than the last judgment. And everybody was totally afraid of her. So we were coming into the auditorium. And of course, the way that I handled my stress was I started laughing and this girl in front of me started laughing. and She turned around and says, cut it out. <laughs> uh, Madame Duchac wasn't too happy about that. We reported yeah. it back to my opera teacher and my opera teacher was not happy about it either.
0: Oof, <laughs> oof. So uh, I was thinking more along lines of like if I don't know, maybe pranks that kids pulled or stuff boys or girls did that looking back now like wow that's like some messed up stuff or that like you didn't really have any, any issues with it like
1: well the halloween prank i pulled i thought was i still think it's pretty funny what was the <laughs> halloween prank the kids that came to our door trick-or-treating tr- tr- uh, okay I, 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 I told that once but i'll review it for those really? who don't remember <laughs> um nobody was home i was home by myself and these little kids came to the door trick-or-treating. And so I turned off all the lights, the porch lights, the house lights, and I opened the door very slowly and in such a way that it would creak as it was being opened. And then I went, Ooh, and these kids started screaming and running away. Oh,
0: that that's, that's sweet. That's like a cute, dumb little thing, you know?
1: I was surprised. These, I mean, these were little kids. I was surprised that one of the I saw that I saw. I could see the parents were standing on the sidewalk, actually laughing. I was surprised one of the parents didn't come banging at my door saying, how dare you scare my kids But they didn't. Because that it was pretty funny.
0: So so there were no issues when you were in school with like boys and girls like pulling pranks on each other, things like that.
1: Um, there was one prank I pulled, which was not nice. I don't know why I'm, but I'm so laughing about it. What was it? Okay, I was walking down the, the, the our, our school was very crowded. We were the post-war baby boomers. Mm-hmm. And the schools were not built yet for the gr- terrific onslaught of population. The schools mm-hmm. were, the schools and the materials, everything was um, basically back in the 40s and 50s. They were not prepared for the huge population of baby boomers that were gonna come. So the hall was very, very crowded. And there was this girl that was, it was a boy that was kind of like next to me. And there was a girl that was in front of me. So for a joke, (laughs) I pinched this girl on the tush. (laughs) She turned around and slapped the boy next to me. Oh God. And And he said to her, I didn't do that. She didn't. He pointed to me and she yelled at him, don't lie. And she slapped him again.
0: Oh, goodness me. That is funny. That is funny. But terrible. Terrible.
1: I don't know. That was a nasty thing to do. What is it that sometimes we'll do nasty things like that and we still laugh about it? Even though we know it was wrong, we still laugh about it.
0: Oh, my gosh. Hey, I, I have a hypothetical question for you. Uh-oh. No, so before entering hell, all right, you, you, you sit in a waiting room. What song are they playing?
1: A good question, That's, what is it? that sounds like, um, this sounds like a, like one of these psychological tests, like um, word association where they say a word and you associate a word and then they can drop a psychological profile of you based on your answers. Let me see. Um, I'm trying to think, so far none comes to mind. Um, That's just the way it is, some things never change.
0: What song is that?
1: It was an old song, the the chorus went, um, that's just the way it is, some things never change.
0: Something mm. interesting. I don't know.
1: I don't know the whole I remember slightly the rest of the song.
0: Why would you choose that song?
1: That's a good I don't know. It's a, it's, a, it's a it's a quick response. You want to know what response. Yeah, like like it'd be, it'd be torturous. Like, on. you know, the
0: song like uh, the never ending song by um, uh, it's the song that never ends It just goes on and on My friends So people started singing it Not knowing what it was People kept on singing it forever Just because it's the song that never ends It's by uh, <laughs> What's that called? Lam- uh, not lambs It's about it's, it's with this lamb It was this puppeteer Who had these lambs She had these lambs That would be Sherry Lewis? I guess
1: Sherry Lewis never sang that, did she?
0: I think so I mean, Sherry Lewis with lamb chop, lamb chop. Thank you. Thank you. It was lamb chop. Sing along. Yeah. It was a song that never ends. Yeah. (laughs) Or you could have someone just loudly chewing something torturous, something really, you know, out there, but back to, uh, back to music. What, what's a controversial music opinion that you have?
1: Thing. controversial music opinion controversial music. Um, I guess I I know there are a lot of um Orthodox people that don't like that don't like the idea of listening to any music other than Jewish religious music because uh, they say that music uh who, the the person who composed the music the Kabbalistic thing of whatever spiritual energies that this person put into the music that you pick up on those spiritual energies when you listen to the music. And I've always been the type of person where I just like music. I don't care what kind it is. It can be, you know, um, like some people talk, tell me about, oh, I guess you only listen to classical music, especially when I was in college. I might, there were some guys that took me out knowing that I was you know, a music major and they say, oh, I guess you only listen to classical music. I go, no. I said, I like, I like, there are a lot of rock and roll music. You know, there's a lot of rock and roll music that I like. Like classical, I said, there's some classical music I don't like. There's a lot of classical music I do like. There's a lot of rock and roll songs I don't like. There's a lot of rock and roll songs I do like. I even enjoy um, songs from other ethnic groups like ethnomusicology type songs, chap. there was, a, in fact, there was a talk when I was in college where I, um, when I was working at the Asian Art Center at Towson, I started to get into um, Oriental music, Chinese, Japanese, um, Tibetan, you know, that type of music. And um, I, would, I bought a few uh, albums and um, was listening to, like I said, like Chinese and Japanese music.
0: Yeah, I always liked the sound of a centaur. Oh yeah. I just like the sound and of
1: it. As a matter of fact, um, when I was doing my student teaching, um, I did a unit in the middle school where I was student teaching on ethnomusicology and I brought in a, um, I brought in a, a, we call them videos now, but in those days, they were actual films that you had to connect to the projector, (laughs) you know, the reel-to-reel Yeah. and I showed it to the class and it was a 45 minute film on Japanese music and Japanese instruments. And there was a koto and a shakuhachi. I so, remember those two instruments very well.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, but I do know, and I'm not sure if you've mentioned this on the podcast, but I know we've had conversations before in the past where you could separate the art from the artist when you listen oh, yes. to music. Like you listen yes. to Wagner. Yeah. And-, and, he was a,
1: you know, and he was a crazy, raging anti-Semite. He was, I, think, I think after reading his book on conducting, I'm totally convinced the guy was crazy. Why? Because in his book on conducting, he would be in the middle of talking of talking about um, symphony orchestras at the time. And all of a sudden, he would talk about the Jews killing Yashki. Wow. And at she the end the of the entire treatise, his last like two lines are about let uh, about the you know when yashki is re-erected let the jews try to kill him then we'll see if they get away with it something like that you know oh my god like, what and the oh, ir- irony his best friend was mendelssohn and if you look at mendelssohn's biography true mendelssohn's mendelssohn's parents well, in those days there were a lot of jews that had themselves baptized because in order to get into a higher profession. It was required of all people to show a baptism certificate. But a oh, lot wow. of Jews, a lot of Jews would convert but not really practice Christianity, just so that they you know, just so that they would be able to get like a like a more professional job. Now Mendelssohn, being a composer, I always thought it was just his father that was Jewish. His, I mean his grandfather's grandfather was Moses Mendelssohn, the one who started the reform movement. I found out later looking it up on, I think Wikipedia evidently no, his mother and his father were Jewish.
0: Interesting. Yeah, because I agree with what you say sometimes where it's just like, I like the music. It sounds good. The person who wrote it sure might have been one thing or another, but like, I just mm-hmm. enjoy what I like to hear.
1: Right. You can, you can appreciate the art without... You know, and separating it from the an artist and I remember once I heard Michael Savage was talking about how you know disappointing it is when you enjoy a writer or a piece of art and you find out later that the artist or the writer was a really nasty horrible human being in their personal life you know, it's, it's very very disappointing because when you enjoy the art you're hoping that the artist will you know will likewise be a, a a good person, basically.
0: Well, it's also like, it's also like, I mean, talking about a little bit differently, but Chaim Walter with his kids speak and people speak. stuff. Oh,
1: yes. how sad. Yeah, that's a messed up,
0: sad story right there. Oh, I really
1: enjoyed his books.
0: Yeah, me too. Oh, gosh. Yeah, that's. That's what gets really messed up. We were like, oh, geez. I, a lot of people are throwing at. people are saying you can't even re- look at his books anymore can't even have them everyone's throwing them out you know mm. and it's just it's a sad situation It's a sad ha- tragedy for the victims and how they never got like full closure and whatnot and uh, it's, it's just very graphic how he offed himself uh, at his son's grave you know just like total and, and totally denying allegations even though it, at, in Bezden, there was 20, I think there was 21 or 22 allegations against him, with, including a woman that had an affair with him, that she had pictures proving that he had an affair.
1: And Ooh. he told her
0: that if you go public, I'm going to kill myself.
1: Oh, my God. I To the truth, I don't know what to say. But it's very interesting. There was there was actually an episode of Law and Order SVU. Yeah. Where that was the situation where... um. Olivia Benson finds this girl who never had been, you know, assaulted, sexually assaulted mm-hmm. by a professor in her college. So Olivia Benson goes with this girl to the college and prepared to arrest this guy to confront him and arrest this guy with this girl. And they come in. After, evidently, the assault had happened five years previous, and even though they don't have any, you know, proof, still Olivia Benson wants to confront him at least to bring this girl some. Somewhat. The man died of a heart attack two, two months before. So the girl is very upset. She starts to cry. She says, she goes, she goes, I'm never going to have closure for this. You know, um, yeah, I'm just going you know, to, you know, what can I do? The next, so, Liz, so um, Olivia Benson says to her, you know, I still think there's a way that you can have closure. And the next scene, she and her parents are at the gravesite. Of the man who assaulted her and she reads him an entire letter Mm. about what he did and how it affected her life wow and she takes the letter and she lays it on top of his grave
0: wow that's that's a good sad conclusion um a different question that i had for you um And I think this might be our last question. What was ruined because too many people started doing it?
1: (laughs) Oh, man. (sighs) Thinking back, that is a really good question. Something was because too many, too many people started doing it. I'm trying to think, man, I'm really digging, I have to dig in my memory. Mm ruined because too many people uh <laughs>
0: <laughs> Why would you say that?
1: Too many yantas. <laughs> Um There was one uh, Shidduch date I um, went on and um the every time I went on the Shidduch date um the uh I see. Well, I would, the guy always says, what does your father do? What does your father do? What does your father do? And I got so sick and tired of it. that I decided to get, you know, to get a little smart alecky the next time the guy asked me that. And I said, Oh, he's a millionaire, but you're never going to see any of it.
0: Oh God.
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> the, he went back, told the Shatana, the Shatana called a good, um this lady who was my mentor who called somebody else, you know, and then, you know, then I got, I got clobbered, of course. Oh God. For uh, being nasty, you know, for being nasty to this, quote unquote nasty to this guy. Um, also, there was this one woman who um, wanted to arrange a shidduch for me and she called me up, she goes, she says that she spoke to this woman, this other woman about arranging the shidduch and she goes, evidently you don't have such a good reputation. It seems that uh, when you first came to Crown Heights, you were a little crazy what? Oh my God. And so I called this woman who was my, like mostly adopted mother. They had one. I was in Crown Heights in Michalana. They had certain families that would quote unquote, adopt the girls. In other words, be like help us to adjust to the new lifestyle, answer any questions, be there for us, have us for Shabbos, Yanta, that type of thing, kind of to be a guide for us. And I was very, very upset, of course. And I told this woman what this other woman said, and she called this other woman and let her have it and said, hey, who are you to stop a shidduch? and who are you to pass on Lush and Hara like that? Oh, my gosh. And um, yeah, you know I mean, so uh, like I guess too, too many enters uh, getting involved.
0: Too many people try to be matchmakers.
1: I, yeah. Oh, exactly. Well, I'm like um, a number of months ago in Dating Navigator, there was a situation where this young man had grown up um, next to like the girl, a girl next to her situation, and their parents were best friends. And he thinks she would be a great Shidduch for him. But he's afraid, he's, he's afraid, what if it doesn't work out? And here our parents are best friends. And I don't want to ruin that relationship. So the Zayde in the David Navigator, Navigator said, was actually criticizing the whole uh, shidduch, uh, how can i say it the whole shana uh,
0: program program you might yes system
1: uh, right and he felt that the Shatanas themselves um, many times are the um the many times the shatkranas are the um Problem, not the solution. Mm-hmm. And he says he feels that there's nothing wrong with two people trusting their own judgment and just going right ahead and calling each other and saying, Hey, I think you'd be a good match for me. What do you think? Would you like to go out with me? He feels yeah. he says, if, you, if you're in a situation like that where you know this person, you've grown up with them, and you're pretty close, he says, There's nothing wrong. He says, Nothing says you have to go. a third party
0: yeah no i i I, that's that's just i mean i like the shidduch process i think it's very smart i've never gone through it but i've heard a lot of complaints from people about what's been going on um but it's just it's not my problem it's not something that i that i've had issues with
1: well um the, your father and I did not have to go through a shock. We, we knew each other from the time we were kids. Yeah. But the only thing was, I thought I went through a third person because I wasn't sure if your father was seeing anybody else at that point. Oh, really? And, yeah. He's double and dipping. So, <laughs> your father and I, whenever we saw each other, would always stop and talk to each other because mm. we knew each other. Yeah. You know, we were, you know, we were. You know, from a long time ago. So we'd stop, we'd talk to each other for a while, you know, a few minutes and yeah, you're doing what, yada yada. And so then I, I looked at your father and I thought, you yeah, know, maybe, you know, maybe I should really consider him, you know, as, you know, for a date. And that's why I went uh, to Rabbi Kaplan and asked um, him to just talk to your father and see, just to see if he's seeing anybody else. Yeah. Just to break the ice. And Rabbi Kaplan came back and told me, um, "You know, thank God, no, that he's not seeing anybody else, and yes, he does want to. Yes, he does want to see me."
0: Out of curiosity, because I, I mean, we, we got to end this. It's been going on. We have a. It's been a pretty long episode. Um, okay. But has Tati ever shared with you any like um, dating nightmares that he went through?
1: <laughs> he told me about. There was one date he went on. He did not like this girl at all. And he, it was a shotgun, it was a man who had made the match. And he yelled at your father, What's the matter? She's got good teeth, doesn't she? <laughs> oh
0: my God. Oh my <laughs> God. People sometimes, wow. Wow. Oh God. All right. That's the end of our episode. Um, thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, I love Ema. Uh, we'll talk love again you, soon.
1: You Have a great job, us. Love, right. love
0: you. bye. Bye bye. Thank you for listening to Jewish Boy Calls His Mother episode. Please like and subscribe our Facebook group at Jewish Boy Calls His Mother podcast. And check out our YouTube channel, Jewish Boy Calls His Mother. I know you'd like it, and my mother would appreciate it too.